first episode of 2024. Man. It's 41. I'm a man. I'm 41. <laughs> Today's topic, in honor of the new year and new things, this is something that, remember back in the day? When we were first starting to uh, discover ourselves as podcast hosts, co-hosts. You <laughs> <laughs> can <to> discover ourselves. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we, we whiteboarded some topics. And this was one of the first ones where I was just like, I don't know why, but I had this horrible tendency in my life to... Ready to queue up your Beavis and Butthead. Come into. (laughs) Come into things so late. And then they become part of my life. And it becomes the real life version of the Jim Gaffigan heat joke. When Jim Gaffigan in his stand-up special, Milk, talks about. You never, you ever see a movie that came out a long time ago and you want to talk to people about it? Yeah, you, you. You uh, regaled us with that one. Uh, what I don't even remember what pot it was. It I was probably that. like twenty-seven. Or yeah, something. I love that bit where he's, "Hey, I just saw heat. <laughs> saw heat. It, heat came out fourteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, but I want to talk about it now. So <laughs> this is kind of our our Jim Gaffigan heat slash New Year slash things that aren't exactly new to us." They are new to us and maybe, you know, not new to the, or what's a better way of saying? They're not new to the world, but for some reason became new to us. And then we wanted to talk about them. Yeah. Now, other than the Jim Gaffigan joke that you uh, already used once, so you've met your quota, OC. um, The other thing I thought about when you introduced this topic was... Homer, the bandwagon isotopes fan. <laughs> the Springfield isotopes? Yes, yes. Yes. And if there's any possible way to work that clip into the show, we have to do it. <laughs> to put the old, uh, what is that? Isn't it Flanders takes him to a Springfield? Is that the episode? Yeah, well, so he goes into, he goes into Moe's and he's like, what's all the hubbub? Because everybody's in there watching the game, and they're like, watching the isotopes. He's like, isotopes are terrible. Like, what are you talking about? They're in the championship. And he's like, oh, hold on one second. He runs outside. Two seconds later, he comes in all decked out. That's right. That's right. He's like, toast number one. And Ken Brockman interviews him as like the longtime diehard fan. <laughs> That's right. Oh, is there... I think we've talked no, about this before. There, there is nothing. There's nothing that the Simpsons have not predicted, don't comprehend, uh, haven't already laid out for us. I find myself so often, any situation I'm in, oh yeah, you remember that time in seasons 1 through 13 where the Simpsons talked about the same exact thing or did the same exact thing? Yes. By the way, if we're getting buzzing noises, despite the fact that I was very clear on where I was going and what I was doing. Um, I'm getting texts from my dear wife, Irene, about picking up gift cards and things about raising teenagers and things like that. Like, 
you, you understand that I'm speaking to OC and our adoring fans at the moment. I can't, I can't really look at that right now, you know? Now, Irene, your wife, does not listen, so I'm just going to say this. She doesn't listen. How dare she? <laughs> How dare she even attempt to interfere with this episode, especially since it's number one in season number two. Yeah, and, like, we've gone through the baton death march to try to bring you this episode today, folks, because Verizon is not my friend right now. If you knew the actual... the actual hilarity that is the whole of the Watts household when it comes to a signal, Kevin can walk eight feet away from his house and get full bars of service, but if he's in his house, zero. Yeah. Oh, well. So here we go. What's, here we go. What's here we your, go. Uh, what's your first one? This one's super obvious. It's it's kind of a shout out to the fans that have been with us. Peaky Blinders is one of the biggest blind spots in my entire life. The show came out in 2013. And you, for l- literal years, literally, were like, hey, you got to watch Peaky Blinders. Hey, you got to watch Peaky Blinders. Kevin, you really like Peaky Blinders. There's a lot of Irish stuff in Peaky Blinders. I think your dad would like Peaky Blinders. There's a guy in it. He's Irish. A lot of Irish people. You probably like Peaky Blinders. And I was like, yeah, okay, thanks, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Then I watched Peaky Blinders. And I think after the first four episodes that we binge watched, I remember giving you a panicked call on like a Sunday morning. Kevin, I'm really watching the first four episodes of the first season. I want to talk about it now. (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's a huge, glaring, gaping, new to me, but definitely not new to the world and certainly not new to you, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, but in truth, so I'll, I'll come clean. I think I mentioned this on our, uh, our Peaky promo episode. First of all, I believe that you called me about 17 minutes before kickoff uh, the Saturday morning of a Michigan-Michigan State game. Probably was. But setting that aside. Probably was. Um, I came into that fairly late as well. And so um, I was also ridiculed by my uh, good buddy, Amit Patel, for not having seen it. Or when I when I asked him, I kind of gave him the same pitch I gave you. Not so much like, hey, you know, you're Irish, you'll love it. I guess I left that part out. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, you know just talking about how I, you know, I love the show and you know, this is, this new show is amazing. And he was just like, uh, yeah, Peaky Blinders, man. Like, of course, where, what, where have you been? Like, what's the matter with you? Yeah. And that's, that's such a common, this is going to be, that's a common theme in this episode today where you do start mentioning this to folks and they look at you like you have a horn growing out of your forehead. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose we deserve that, although, you know, in my case, I'm going to choose to blame others because why was this not, of all the things that, you know, the Zuckerbergs and the Bezoses and the Musks of the world come up with, why did their algorithms not figure out by now that I would have loved this show you know, 10 years ago when it came out. Yeah. It's, Why was I not being bombarded with this so that I at least knew about it? I'm, I'm getting to the point where now we're going to get a little off topic, which is fine. Go ahead. The streaming services 
I don't know what their algorithm looks like behind closed doors. The things that are suggested to me are so off now. Yeah. I, 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 I don't understand how I can get bombarded with these weird, like, clothing ads for these strange custom-made shirts that say, like, Watts gets it done, and it's got, like, a drill and a hammer on it. I'm like, clearly you do not know me if you have me associated with tools. But why are you not bombarding me with, you know, Killian Murphy's angelic face and eyes? I, I don't I don't get it. I think you're associated with one of the biggest tools in the world, me. So that's probably why you're getting... <laughs> Why you're getting shirts with tools on them, but uh, no, Kevin. I, I, my, so by example, I don't know if because I pay for it and I'm the owner of the subscription, but we have profiles for the kids. We're like it's mucking things up, but you know I'm getting such odd suggestions and exactly what you just stated. I mean, Netflix, Peaky Blinders never came up ever. Yeah, and it's it it just it gets into every single thing that's in the same spirit of the stuff I watch. Okay, look at my subscription of to Netflix. You're gonna see '90s comedies, action movies, and war documentaries. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, Peaky Blinders is kind of funny in a weird way, and it's an action sure. show, and it's a time based show. It's a, it's a period piece based show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's yeah. that's that's my. I wanted to kick that one off and kind of give the folks the theme because, man, super late to the party to the point where, you know, it's 2014. We didn't pick it up until, you know, last summer and it had already been out since 2013. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was way late. So don't don't feel bad. Um, I was just basically passing the hot potato on to you. So I didn't have to look like the Johnny come lately. A meat, though. Is he the one that has the nature stuff on Instagram? No, that's uh, one of my other roommates, uh, Samir, doctor, doctor, and professor Samir Patel. Can we give him a shout out? Because I feel like I never, I don't do nearly as much as I should to push his brand, but he's got some really cool stuff on his his nature photos and everything. Here's here's the thing, and this is a very very brief detour, but uh, Doctor Samir Patel is a renowned oncologist by day. He's literally one of the best oncologists on the planet by day. He can read mine. Somehow, <laughs> he's also like the most amazing photographer you've ever seen. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess so, if you're dealing with that type of stuff, I imagine you need some peaceful, serene hobbies to get away from your actual profession. Yeah, I imagine so. But shout Hacker out to Bordello, him. shout out, baby. Shout out to him, Ann Arbor, man. Michigan. All right, go blue. So my uh, my version of Peaky Blinders um, is another show. This is another one where all I had to do, all that had to happen, was for this to be suggested to me in you know, some kind of uh, a context or from some kind of uh, trusted source for me to watch literally like five minutes of the first episode and I would have been hooked from day one. But I never knew about it. Somehow, 
it escaped my attention. And this may be a little bit early because this is previewing perhaps what could work its way into our divorce episode. Awesome. But the Canadian show Letterkenny. Okay. Okay. I'll give you. All right. All right. And I don't listen. I don't even know at this point. I might have my lawyer work some type of deal out with your lawyer and the judge that we disallow letter Kenny from the divorce episode because, well, here's how that can happen. All you have to do is watch it. I know Kevin, I'm before that. I'm sorry. I don't really, honey, I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying to change. (laughs) I really want this relationship to work. Like every stinking person in my life, including yourself, who, as you know, I hold heavily onto, firmly onto your opinion with things. Everybody tells me I need to watch Letterkenny. Everybody. So what is it that is preventing you from watching the show that everybody is who knows you and loves you and cares about your well-being and your mental health it's the, is telling you to watch it? It's the same thing that happened with Peaky Blinders. It's just I'll, I'll get things on the schedule and... I I star them with four star, three star, two star, one star priorities and that one just keeps getting pushed down the priority list. All right. Well, let me so that our adoring listening audience understands what we're talking about. Uh Letterkenny is it's a Canadian show uh, about a small town culture collision between the farmers who are called the Hicks, the kind of burnout gothy guys uh, called the skids and the hockey players. It is such an amazing show. It's got that it's funny, but it's endearing. It's super timely. Um, It's kind of a mix between he took clerks and snatch and Trailer Park Boys. Mix it together, that's kind of what you get with Letterkenny. Um, It's a show where nobody's safe, but all are welcome, provided you're not an a-hole. So it's just, the episodes just roll. They're like 20 minutes, 22 minutes, and just bam, 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 bam. Each season's only six episodes. So you just fly through it. Um, it came out in 2016. I did not know about it until our, our good friend, uh, Joey Abs. Uh, eventually, I think he hit me with a two-by-four with rusty nails coming out of it to convince me finally to watch it. That's, that's very that's that, very Joey Abs. Yeah, because he's a big wrestling guy. Yes. And I deserved it, frankly. Yes. Um, I don't know why it was the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Letter Ken, what was that show? Okay. Yeah. You'd sort of memory hole it and whatever. Um, but by the time I finally broke down and watched it, it was one of those, you know, it was like 1130 on a Saturday. I didn't feel like going to bed yet. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll just watch this. I watched the first five minutes and I'm like, okay, I get it. This show's awesome. I watched the first maybe three episodes and I stopped and I'm like, I, I have to get Irene in on this. I don't want to go any farther. 
so I did. That's a special Next. feeling. <laughs> yeah, I did. It really Next is. Day, yeah, I'm like, you got to watch this with me, hon. I'll start it over. We'll watch the first three episodes. And, you know, she was hooked uh, shortly thereafter. Um, and unfortunately, I only caught, uh, you know, knew the last two episodes. And it just wrapped. Um, the series finale was uh, uh, Boxing Day. Okay. Uh, December 26th. So it's 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 over now, but as far as its impact, you can't go anywhere these days without hearing some snippet of it. It's I think most people were sort of late to the party on this, but it's worked its way into pop culture. And um, fortunately, the there's a spinoff show, Shorzy, which is also awesome, which is way more hockey centric. So you might like that one. I, you will like that one. Love that one. Um so there's more to come on that front, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just kicking myself. I just, it's one of those where I just, there were so many opportunities for the world to show me that I had to watch this show. And even Joey abs didn't pester me until way down the road on it. So everybody, uh, was sort of robbed of years of an opportunity to love this show. I'm going to have to, at some point in 2024, put out a photo of my little sister, Katie, because we had a real come to Jesus talk uh, towards the end of 2023, where she said, listen, I'm fine with being a bit on the show, but I don't want the world to think that I'm obese. So you need to put, <laughs> you need to put my old dating profile photo up on one of your reels. <laughs> that was her legit demand. She's like, I want a picture of me looking hot on one of your reels. And it's not questionable. I was like, all right, Katie, I'll try to work it in. So I might be able to work it in this episode because she is Joey Abs, one by two, uh, katana stick, rusty nails, WWE, ECW on me with Kevin. You need to watch Letterkenny all the time. Yep. And she, she's a she was an early starter on Letterkenny. Like she was, I think, I think she got into it literally like as it was coming out, and she chirped at me all the time. She's like, Kevin, you played hockey. Like, how are you not watching this show? Yeah, you there. You will understand everything going on instantly. And the the really annoying thing was like, I already after watching a few episodes with the the Jonesy and Riley are the two hockey the main two. There are lots of them, but the main two hockey players. And uh, <laughs> after hearing them speak for like you know three lines, I'm like, oh, that's what thomas and his friends have been saying all these years yeah you, you just know? you get that like hockey lingo that you know i i've been i've been out of the game for a while but you can always tell i mean i i these two young i'll call them boys because god almighty i'm getting old but these two kids that played against sports helped me over the holiday break a uh, break and i mean i walked in and i'm like those kids play hockey like i could just you know we know our own and yeah. went up to him and I was like, hey, guys, I have a, a credit from like 2021. I don't even know if this is still valid. And they're like, oh, sir. Yeah. Hey, no, you're good, man. And I'm like, uh, you guys play hockey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I play. I play for Churchill. You know, and they just start. So I started talking to them for like 15 minutes about hockey. And it was like, you know, being back in the locker room, lacing up your skates. I, I think I heard chirp about five times in the conversation. Yeah. I heard Bender maybe once or twice. And. It was all coming yep. back into the fray, but that hockey talk is, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's its own little language. It's pretty fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I am. Uh, I'm well versed on it now on at least two fronts. So there you go. Well, I got one that I'm about 118 years late on. If you'd like to hear that one, I would. So in 1904, slow down, everyone. <laughs> the Bell Isle Aquarium opened, and I didn't go oh. until 2022. No way! And then since 2022, I've been there like, I don't know, 413 times with the kids. Wow! Okay, okay. So uh, this does not excuse your tardiness. However, um, this might be at least the, it's not an unexcused absence kind of thing. Because it closed for, what, 10 years? Something like that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it only reopened somewhat recently kevin you want a, a shocker hiatus. you want ah, a, a the electric eel you want a huge shocker? <laughs> i like how you did you want a huge shocker yeah i'll give you a i'll give you a, a guess okay you know i don't really uh you know i don't really swing that way <laughs> <laughs> often right um nothing's in any room hey we're trying to pump that side of the audience okay so we got no representation in that community kevin um well we could use some, but I don't think they need, uh, you know, your shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs my shocker, including Stephanie. Stephanie doesn't listen, so I don't. Um, the Bell Isle Aquarium. Wow, we got off topic there. Uh, the Bell Isle Aquarium. I'll give you one guess. One of the two parents in our family spent the majority of the first trip talking to the person who greeted you as you walked in. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. I ended up talking to one of the very kind volunteers down at the Belle Isle Aquarium for literally 40 minutes as the kids ran in. <laughs> I got the Did full she... history. Uh, I was, was going to say. All I could think of, Kevin, was your dad, like at, at Greenfield Village, catching Mr. Watts at Greenfield Village, explaining the Thomas Edison building workshop or something. Just... Yep. Totally talking to this guy at Belle Isle who was explaining the whole history of it, you know, things that were to come. He was like the the three ghosts of a Christmas carol in one person <laughs> telling me the past, the present, and the future of the Belle Isle. Sweet old guy. <laughs> Entire time stuff. He's like, are you going to come with the kids over here? And like, look at these, look at these axolotls. I'm like, no, he's actually... He, we're in the 50s now. I think we're going to keep moving decade by decade. <laughs> Please tell me he started off with, the year was 1904. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Kevin, it was so, um, I, I just have a real respect for the elderly and their ability to just chain talk <laughs> where they almost don't take a breath. And, uh, I mean, you're an old soul yourself, my friend. Oh, you know, you, you, the world is in for a long conversation when you hit this dude's age. I cannot wait until I'm about seventy-eight years old, and I'm <laughs> bored out of my bollocks, and I'm greeting people at some future Meyer, or excuse me, Myers, Myers, and and I proceed to not only learn the people that come on their uh, grocery sh uh, shopping trip weekly or daily, but start to learn their first names and build up long lasting relationships with them. Yeah, that is very much in your future. Oh my God. But that gosh. is a great, that's a great pick. And I mean, who knows why, um, you know, you missed it before, but that was something I was very privileged to have that as part of my childhood. 
Um, my dad used to take my sister and I, and we each got to bring a friend. Like our first uh, Friday of Christmas break, he would bring us downtown to his office to like, you know, wrap up a couple of, you know, things. And so we got to, you know, go see the first national building, which is, you know, around here, it's kind of a tall building. And uh, then we go get breakfast at Ham Heaven, and then we'd go to the Belle Isle Aquarium. And, you know, got to see the electric eel getting fed. And, you know, that place has that. Like, I love aquariums. I love fish. I love all aquatic life. Um, but the more modern aquariums oftentimes are, like, very flashy and kind of bright and all that. The Belle Isle Aquarium is not. You feel like you're in a cave seeing them more in their natural habitat instead of just, you know, some big piece of glass. You feel like you're seeing them, like, through the rocks almost sometimes. This might be um, a complete miss. And I'm, I'm going to treat it whatever way it comes. I told Stephanie I felt like I was in a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. First time we went, yeah. I was like, it's got like an, I don't know if I'm like in an abandoned underground subway with like, or this is some evil villain's secret lair underneath his house where it's like he converted an underground tunnel into his own private aquarium. It was very penguiny vibes. Yeah, yeah, you could kind of see, like, if Dr. Evil and Dr. Claw and the Penguin wanted to take, like, a field trip, yeah. that's where they would go. It was crazy to me, and Stephanie's like, you know what, I, I can't see that, but I usually don't agree with much of what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, can't you just take, you've spent 45 minutes talking to the greeter, the kids are about ready to go, can you just not, with the Tim Burton stuff, you just enjoy the last three things we see? Like, literally, you've not seen one fish. But I knew I knew their first names, Kevin, by the time I got done talking to this guy. Oh, well, man, you got the important stuff. <laughs> but yeah, 118 years late, but Belle Isle Aquarium. I want to talk about it now. Uh, doggone right. So for my, uh, my sort of main other one, I guess I would say, and this was kind of hard for me because, as you know, I am at least a self-described music snob. Um, you know, I have been in at or near the ground level um, on a lot of a lot of stuff. You know, I I watched the Queens of the Stone Age bring in their own equipment to the shelter in 1998. You know what I mean? Um, so I've seen some things uh, before they got big. But despite my music snobdom, for some reason, I missed out on, until well after they were done and over with, one of the my most favorite bands of all time and the band that Rolling Stone called the only band that matters, The Clash. Hmm. The Clash... I did not discover, discover very much in air quotes, um, until I read an interview with Joe Strummer, their, uh, one of their singers and guitar players, the legendary Joe Strummer, in like 1999. And by then, you know, they'd been basically broken up for nearly 15 years, and he was uh, onto a new project and all that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of, I, I've heard the name a million times, but, you know, 
I never really gave him much thought. I probably saw the video for Rock the Casbah like once when I was a kid or something like that. So I went out and just sort of on a lark, I just, I bought London Calling and I was absolutely floored. I was just like, what is this? It is just the best mix of styles and sounds and approaches. Um, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I was just so angry with myself for not having, there's no excuse. It's not like the clash where, you know, some underground indie band that you kind of had to live in the middle of nowhere to ever hear about. <laughs> like, this is like one of the most famous rock bands of all time at that point. And I had never bothered to listen to them. Um, and it just blew me away. You know, they have that, like, they're poppy, but interesting. They're, you know, fun, but intelligent. They're political, but not preachy. Like, it's just the perfect mix. And that album in particular, and I mean, they've got multiple, multiple masterpiece albums, but London Calling in particular, I just, I can't believe it took me until I was well into, uh, you know, my look down at, at my nose at you, music snobdom. Like, I could have easily been called out by any number of uh, proto-hipsters at that point. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to preach at me for not listening to Queens of the Stone Age or Caius or Fu Manchu, but you don't even know about The Clash? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, Credibility I, out the window. I feel like, so the inevitable divorce episode, uh, like I said, I really want the divorce episode to be done before we want to divorce each other. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how we're going to work this in, but you know, I I've, I've seen a lot of this lately where folks break up and then they piece it back together and they come back stronger than ever. <laughs> we're going to need to have an episode like that because although you are a very preachy look down your nose music snob, <laughs> it is one of the things that I really I love you, Kevin. I, I I respect the H word out of you about because you have a very you have a an informed and impassioned view on the things you like. You don't just like stuff without the background. And that can be a very slippery slope because I hate the shallow comer honor who I love this now. It's like, okay, well, how long have you loved that? Six minutes. It's like, okay, well. I just walked into Moe's. I I cannot, I won't use the H word, but I H word that quite a bit where it's, I've got so many people in my life who, oh, that's what they're into now. Like, I just, I constantly have this like, oh, that's what, that's, that's why they're dressing that way now. Or that's why they're conducting them. Oh, I see them all the time at. I don't know. Oh, they're at, they're at every Lions game this season. Uh, <laughs> where were you since like 1988? You know what I mean? Like it's, I do not, yeah. I like to think, and this could be a very false reality. I think most people know what I like and what I don't like, at least the people who are close to me. And I'm, it, it's, it's a, it's a blind spot in some respects. But I do wear it as a badge of an honor. Like, when I like something, 
I'm into it and I know about it and I'm not just throwing something at a wall and seeing if it sticks. You have kind right. of, you helped me as I was a younger man to learn that skill. You liked stuff and you wouldn't tell me, hey, Kevin, you know, I think you should watch this movie. Oh, really? Why? Oh, I saw it once and I really like it. No, you would be like, hey, well, I mean, well, I like the producer because he's done this film, this film, this film, this film. And it's in the genre of this, 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 and this. And if you like this movie, you know, you can think of it as more of an 80s version of that movie, but it's in the theme of these movies. And I'd be like, okay, dude, I will watch it. <laughs> well, I got to start working that into my letter, Kennedy, discussions. <laughs> you, would, you would do it with, you said do it. You would do it with, uh, with movies, music, and shows. And nine times out of ten, because of the impassioned perspective from which it came, and the most important part, the informed place that it came, I was like, okay, I trust Kevin. I'm going to give this a shot because I trust him. You weren't just like, dude, do you like the Lions? Uh, yes, I have also liked <laughs> the Lions since, what, October of 2023. <laughs> so I, I have to admit, I was really close to putting that, <laughs> putting the Lions on this list because I've watched the Lions for as long as I can remember. I've never lost a wink of sleep over what the Lions do. And in fact, when I was a kid, I was a huge Bears fan because Jim Harbaugh was the Bears quarterback and because the Lions never took any Michigan players. Wait, is this the same team in Chicago? Yeah, that'd be the one. And, and who are they coached by in the 80s? Uh, that'd be Mike Ditka. And was it the or the Bears? It was the Bears when they were uh, quarterbacked by uh, uh, Jimmy McMahon and uh, later then by uh, Jimmy Harbaugh. Kevin, are you yoking? I'm joking. I got to tell you, man, this season I have felt dangerously close to being Homer in the ice. <laughs> walking out of Miller's with your, uh, <laughs> with, with your, with your U of M t-shirt on walking back into Miller's with your Lions jersey and gray helmet. It, it would at least be a Hutchinson jersey, though. <laughs> That's hilarious. Shout out to downtown Plymouth. See Hutchinson all the time. There you go. Yeah. And your, uh, and your uh, alma mater in high school. <sighs> and Chris Osgood. Oh, my gosh, man. Great yeah. man. Great human being. Doggone right. We got good stock around here, you know? Yeah. So what's your third one, man? So this one was a bit of a struggle. So I kind of threw all of these into one bucket. I have an absolute horrid history of not watching movies, them being popular, me snubbing my nose at them and not giving them a chance, and then eating the fattest pile of crow because I totally dig them. <laughs> so I, I bucketed all of these into one. One of these, I'm, it's it's top of mind because we watched we watched him over the break because they threw a bunch of his movie they they puked a bunch of his movies up on Netflix. I remember watching Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard oh. Butler and uh, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, it was a two thousand and nine movie 
Kevin, I think I watched it in like 2019. And after I watched it 10 years late, it was one of those ones where it was stuck on my continue watching on Netflix. And every time I turned on Netflix and spammed through 40 movies, I didn't want to watch. I'm like, I'll just turn law abiding citizen back on. <laughs> I watched it like 78 times in one calendar year, but law law abiding citizen was on there. The original, how the Grinch stole Christmas from 1966. Wow. Literally never watched it. I think I watched it maybe once as a kid hated it. How, how did you not, were you scared of it? I was going to say, I don't like, you know, I think God only knows what was going on in my brain as a child. It, if it's anything like what goes on in my brain as an adult, it makes a lot of sense why I had no friends and my parents barely liked me. But <laughs> I didn't watch it again until John was born. And I love that movie. I love the original 1966, The Grinch. Uh, my favorite movie of all time. I didn't even watch until about six months before I got engaged. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, that's one I got to give you props on because I, I mean, I knew of it and I'd probably seen like three minutes of it here and there when somebody had it on in the background or whatever, but I didn't sit down and watch it until you literally bought it for me and decided to go watch this movie. Yeah, it's, it kind of, it was to pay you back for giving me Cinderella Man. Ooh. I mean, I remember vividly you Sitting me down on a bench after you you were doing some plated push-ups. You would put like three forty-fives on your back and do push-ups. And, I remember that. Oh my gosh, dude. I was like, uh, I really hope none of these fall off. Um my entire workout in those days was stacking the 45-pound plates on your back as you did push-ups. But I had to do that because my shoulder was hurt. Yeah, your shoulder yeah, was bothered. somehow somehow that didn't hurt. I don't know. Whatever. But you sat down and you're like, hey Kevin. When you become a dad, you will watch Cinderella Man and your I don't cry unless I'm hurt or someone dead rule will go into oblivion because you're going to cry. Yep. And doggone it, the first time I watched Cinderella Man as a dad, I was like, I get it. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So there's that one. And then I kind of feel like these are the Nickelback movies of the Marvel Universe. So... You know what? Screw it. I'm not ashamed of this. I like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Oh, wow. I think I've only seen part of the first one. I read an article on like Uproxx or some one of those stupid new wavy websites. And mm-hmm. I believe the bottom three Marvel movies in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe slash related universe so i think these were fox films but they counted them as a marvel character so they got into the list the spider-man andrew garfield movies are i believe first and second to last wow which i don't get i like them is the just so i'm keeping it straight in my head at least the first one is that the one with dennis leary uh yeah it's so the the girl the the female character and it's gwen stacy yeah and her dad is dennis leary but it's the one where in their 2012 and 2014 i think stephanie and i didn't watch them until i came on netflix like last year and 
it's the one where I remember this being a thing, but I was completely out of that world at that time. It was controversial because Emma Watson's character, Gwen Stacy, she dies. Uh, and they were yeah, like, really? You can't do that in a superhero movie. You can't kill like a lead character who's... But in, in all reality, it, it it works in the movie. No, no, I don't have to watch it. Yeah, so, so. it's... Uh, <laughs> but I mean, these, in my defense, 2012, folks, let's... Uh, it's 2024, so... Um, but yeah, I... Again, glaring hole in my person. Here's that hole. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it's glaring, but it sounds like you should get like some cream for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have a very bad habit of, hey, did you see this movie that came out 16 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, for my, my very quick last one, um, I got to go back to about 1988. So... When I was a kid, there was probably at least two and maybe three waves of the skateboarding craze. The first one would have been like earlier in the 80s. And I missed that. I was, you know, little. Um, The second one came in the mid part of the 80s. And that's when... I got kind of the like the Toys R Us version of a skateboard and, you know, probably rode it for, you know, a month after Christmas. And it's like, ah, it's too cold, it's too snowy, whatever. And then another wave came out later in the 80s when I was in sixth grade, like top of the elementary school food chain. You know, this new thing came out and this time it it felt different. It was just like, I'm older, I'm almost a teenager. There's a whole like culture that's going along with this. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll get back into this. I have a skateboard. And it was like, what is that thing, dude? That's not a skateboard. So then it became a fashion thing too. Your skateboard had to be the right kind of skateboard. You had to have the right kind of jeans. You had to have the right kind of everything. So I think almost overnight, not completely overnight, because I busted my butt and saved my money to buy a very real and at that time expensive skateboard. And I still have it, if you recall, in the man cave, my Tony Hawk skateboard. That was bought and paid for off the, uh, the sweat of my own back when I was in sixth grade, but it was like, okay, I came into school one day, rode my skateboard to school, like Marty McFly. It literally was like drinking a Coke on the way to school and throwing it in somebody's garbage can. And I thought I was straight up back to the future. And then, uh, immediately I was like decked out from head to toe. I had the Powell Peralta bones shirt and I had like the flip up, airwalk hat i had my vision streetwear shoes and like pegging my pants and all that (laughs) like i i i rode my bike to mo's and came back inside with a skateboard and my gear that's the way i rolled in sixth grade so overnight i don't really have a ton of 
what's the right word? Respect for you buying it on your own. So in sixth grade, <laughs> if I'm if I'm doing some mental accounting here, just based off of my knowledge of you since 2003. Sixth grade, you're probably working as a laborer at like a mill because of your size. You're probably making at least $40 an hour as a skilled slash strong hand within the labor mill. You might be even running the underground boxing circuit at the mill that the union fighters are working in. So that's not an issue. You you probably afforded that skateboard after, I don't know, two days of overtime. And on top of it, for some reason, I find it so hard that with as big as you were, how did you skateboard? Well, if you had seen me in sixth grade, I was probably 80 pounds. And, uh, you know, I was wiry, but not remotely built whatsoever. But what's funny, though, I used to, uh, you know, and I, I, I skated for a bit, you know, a couple of years or whatever. But then it kind of went away. But I still kept the skateboard around. And so when I used to lift in my parents' basement, you know, in high school, I would skate around in my basement back and forth in between sets. <laughs> As I got bigger, I could feel the board like bending more and more. <laughs> Why do I picture you skating in your parents' basement with a hockey stick in your hands like Will Ferrell in old school? Just skating by shelves with stuff like your mom, your mom's le- leaves the uh, laundry soap cap on top of the laundry and you just smack it off with a hockey stick. <laughs> I'm just teenage now, angst as I skateboard through the basement in between sets. Is there any other way to close a cabinet than with a hockey stick? That's I think so not. funny. Oh, um, uh, by the way, uh, Dr. Patel just texted. <laughs> did he? Yeah, sure did. All right. Well, tell him that he got a majorly shout on this podcast today. And, and, uh, I just, I, I feel so bad because his, his nature photos are awesome. Like they're on par with it. I think it's him and nature is metal are probably my two favorite uh, animal-related accounts on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, it's far out. Oh, and my other buddy, Kevin Fall, who uh, was like, wait, you have a podcast? Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. I, yeah. Check the text, text thread. <laughs> yeah. I've texted you 14,000 times. Yeah. He was He was like, guys, you got you to gotta listen to Watts' podcast. Like, it's, it's like sitting on uh, the Bordello porch in college listening to him tell stories. Dude, I hate <laughs> hearing that kind of crap because it's like I – I have friends and family and it's just like one domino falls after the other at a very slow pace where they're like, wait, you have a podcast and you talked about this very thing we've talked about here for the past 40 minutes. Maybe I should <laughs> check out your program. Chris, if you liked this conversation about World Wrestling Federation and the NFL, we did a podcast on that very topic. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, like, when we say podcast... Do you think that this is like, I don't know, we're Hannity and Combs or something? I don't like, what know. do you think we talk about? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what know? people like... think sometimes because I, I I go out of my way, Kevin. Shout out to my Uncle Rick, my godfather. He listens with a very critical ear. And he, he gave me kind of his own year-end summary, impromptu, uh, before we did our year-end summary episode. Uh-huh. He's a straight shooter. Very successful executive, retired at a very early age on top of a lot of money. And he's like, 
No, I, th- I think you guys do a very fair job of talking about nothing of consequence. Like, you just, he's like, I feel like I'm sitting there listening to you and your friend Kevin, who he's never met, just talk about stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, that's yeah. kind of the whole theme. It's, we're not talking about it. You won't get election coverage in November on this podcast. No. <laughs> nope. Yeah, so. All right, well, Kevin, not bad for a first episode of the year. No, not bad at all. Uh, um, can I leave you with uh, a thought that it occurred to me because I saw something the other day and I'm, as we speak, I'm sitting in a Kroger parking lot trying to retain reception. There's so much amazing random awesomeness out there that I think maybe each week we should comment on some of that as a, a little, uh, you know, food for thought closing statement can i do that can i do that today can i leave you with an observation i had this week that is just amazing well i'll just i'll just say you may because shout out to sister geraldine who's now in her 90s from the saint sebastian grade school i went to yes mr o'callaghan you can use the bathroom just not inside this classroom Sister, may I use the restroom? I don't have a prostate yet, but I think it's going to explode. <laughs> so you may. You may use this time to do your thing. All right. Because we love, we don't like necessarily all, um, all of what we encounter with our fellow man and, and woman. Whoa, man. We, we do love the random hilariousness and sometimes often unwitting hilariousness of humanity. Yes. On the way to work yesterday, I saw the largest Ford pickup truck there could be. I think it was a train that had wheels on it. It took up like every single inch of the lane and probably a little bit of the lane next to it. It had, I think six wheels, but it felt more like 16 wheels. Are you sure you didn't see a Canyon arrow? It, it, it seriously, it, it was, it was like Ford's version. There, there could be uh, a trademark suit going on because Ford may have stolen the Canyon arrow. Um, this truck was every bit of a truck, a truck that you can think of. I'll give you one guess as to what the, single solitary sticker was on the back tinted window. Oh, see, I was going to go in a different direction. I thought this was the time where you were going to tell me it has those fake, you know, what's hanging from the trailer hitch. No, that's way too obvious and expected. (laughs) The sticker on the back of this monstrosity. And yes, I do have a picture that I will send to you was none other than the silhouette of Mary Poppins. <laughs> what? <laughs> so Thomas is driving to, to school and then me to work, whatever, because he's got to get his driving time in. And I was like, you got to see the sticker. You see that sticker, bud? He's like, yeah, what is that? And all I could do was think of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. So you are going to send me this picture, please. Absolutely. Immediately as we hang up. Yes. Okay. So 
two things. One, that's amazing. Um, I would, I would love to meet the person driving that vehicle and kind of see what's going on up there. Yep. You know, number two, if you comment in our Instagram reel, Mary Poppins, we will send you a secret gift. We will reach out to you. If you comment Mary Poppins in our Instagram reel, you will get us the first person to do it on the reel gets a secret gift sent to them. Is he cool? Hell yeah, he's cool. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Well, Kevin Watts, this is the beginning of what I, dare I say, is going to be an epic 2024 for the Endless Promo Podcast. We've got some things in the hopper. We've got a couple of new sponsors that are going to be coming into the show periodically to do commercials. And we are working on our own original theme song, and that should be hitting the speakers pretty soon. But uh, we've committed ourselves to doing several more lives because they'll seem to do well. And last bit of showy news before we let y'alls go. Make this the year of pumping the pod to people because we've proven in 2023 that we actually have like an audience. But now the greedy misers in us would love to just make it bigger. We're looking at you, New Zealand. Come on, New Zealand. Which, by the way, I didn't hear anybody from New Zealand last I was hoping, I wanted so bad to open my reel the next day and just see a comment from somebody in New Zealand who just said, you know, I love your show, man, fly me over, fly me over. It's got to be Taika Watiti. We need him. We need you, Taika. K-Dubs, I will, uh, I'll speak at you next week, but hope Thomas wins tonight. Shout out to the uh, Thomas Watts, going to be lacing up the skates tonight, high school hockey. And uh, hope you have a good rest of the weekend, buddy. Word, brother. Love you. Peace, Peace out. Bye, bye.